everyone, please welcome. Welcome to the Power Half Hour. This week we have my coach, a coach of the Mike Ferry system, uh, my mentor, uh, Mr. Robert Villanueva. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, I hope I didn't butcher your last name. How do you say it, by the way? <laughs> um, the English version is Villanueva, and then the Villanueva. Spanish version is Villanueva. But good enough. Villanueva. Villanueva. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I might go with that. All right. Well, Coach, <laughs> thank you. Thank you again for being here. Um, we want to hear your story. Uh, you have sold 42 properties in your first year, 86 the second year, over 100 in your third year. Only legends do that. I, I want you guys to know how hard that is. Um, how did you get your start in real estate and how old were you? Um, I was pretty young. I was I think I was right around 20, 21. And it was it's really interesting because I was one of the weird people uh, that actually knew that they wanted to do real estate when they were like 14, 15 years old. Yeah. That's really weird, by the way. Yeah, Nobody is. says I want to grow up to be a realtor, I, I don't think. Not, not a lot yeah. of people. No, not at all. Well, I ended up, um, actually, I didn't start out with real estate. I ended up going to school uh, for real estate. Um, I actually went to, uh, I started school at USC, uh, went there for the purpose of being an accountant and then uh, doing wow. real estate. I ended up uh, working retail and then um, I had the benefit of becoming uh, what is known as a personal shopper. So I would attend to a lot of the higher end clientele. One of my clients was um, in real estate and he said, man, you're, you got a good uh, skill set. You really should consider doing real estate as a full-time career. Um, uh, and sure enough, I took the leap of faith and um, I, I had to work hard. I had to work hard out the gates and, um, you know, I, I had a good work ethic and I just went at it. Absolutely. But 42 deals in your first year. I mean, I, I don't I don't know many people that do that. And especially back way back this how long ago is this how, how old are you today i'm 46 46 so that's 25 years ago yeah okay. well i started out as 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 a lender so i started out as a lender i okay. did that for about a year um and then a, uh, about seven eight months after doing loans um i now jumped into uh real estate mm. um and um and i'll share with you here real quick part of the reason i was actually blessed uh starting at the time that i did because uh, the average sales uh, price that I was selling was about $85,000. Oh, uh, that was the average sales price. Uh, we were getting about 3%, um, and I was on an amazing broker split of 60-40. The problem is my broker got 60, I got 40. So, oh. yeah, and um, I, I, um, I was averaging about $1,100, $1,200 commission checks. Uh, now, mind you, at the time, married, three kids, house, two cars, I was forced to do a lot of work right, uh, oh. right on, right early on. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you're saying you're blessed because you had the motivation and there was no option to fail. Well, I was motivated because I had had mouths to feed and I was motivated because I was only getting paid, you know, eleven, twelve hundred dollar checks. Unlike today, you know, an agent sells a property, they get fifteen, twenty, twenty five thousand dollars. Um, you know, because their aunt or uncle decided to use them to uh, sell a property. So. so back then, you really had to concentrate on the number of transactions that you do because oh, yeah. the checks weren't really worth that big. Yeah, I, I had to hustle. I had no alternative. I had to hustle. Yeah, definitely. So t two cars, three kids by the age uh, uh, age 21. Um, so first year, third year, second year. And then we go into this uh, 
you know, after a while, uh, you, you know, when the, the, the recession hit in 2008, you had told me about a story. And yeah. I want you to share with the crowd, if, if you don't mind, uh, uh, because it was very, you know, it's very touching and, and how you got out of it was it was amazing. Just if you could share that. Yeah, well, the, the fun part about it is um, I'll, I'll back up just a quick second. Um, I made my first uh, seven figures when I was 24. And this plays into with what you're asking me. And, and, um, and I came from a background where making six figures was like, oh, my gosh, it was ludicrous. Yeah. So making seven figures, my head got big. Um, I, my ego was out of control. Um, I was just this egomaniac. I would grind. I would hustle, so on and so forth. So I built up this business model where I'm making seven figures year after year after year. 2007 comes around. And... Uh, my goal was to get a paycheck every single day, and I accomplished that three quarters of the year in 2007. And I remember very distinctly that the market uh, turned, and yeah. as the market turned, um, the uh, you know sales weren't coming in as quick. So now 2008 comes around. Uh, believe it or not, I actually ended up having my strongest listing year that year of 2008 of 101, but I only sold two properties. So I sold two. So imagine that ratio, taking 101 and selling two, uh, two uh, listings. The so, whole year? Yeah, the whole year. And why that happened is because we were now in the recession. The market had tanked. And um, I mean, I had a lot of properties in escrow under contract, but we were dealing with short sales. Um, the most impacted region with this market shift was Las Vegas. The second uh, 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 most uh, impacted region was our region, which is uh, just outside of L.A., what is known as the Inland Empire. So we would have an abundance of listings, but nothing was really moving because of the process. And because of this, the year previous, uh, 2007, I made $1.4 million. The next year, which is 2008, I made $120,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My ego got uh, put into check. Um, yes. I lost uh, what I accumulated was 32 rentals. I lost every single one of those. That was uh, not fun. Um, yeah. And then I went through uh, selling what was, you know, a beautiful home of my family, 6,500 square foot home on you know, an acre and a half and just this gorgeous, luscious home and, you know, be transparent. I got ended up basically getting foreclosed on that property. So I lost really everything. Oh my goodness, coach. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, you made it out of that. I did. Right? Yeah. And, and, you know, what was that process like up here? Because very scary. Yeah, it was. I, I actually went through depression for, you know, I was I was in bed literally for three months and not making income and my wife was supporting me and basically almost, you know, uh, feeding me uh, in a sense. Um, and, uh, you know, I was with uh, Keller Williams at the time. And sure enough, what do they do when you have a uh, person that has that type of a resume but isn't doing any production? Well, you make them a coach. <laughs> so, right. Uh, I became a coach at the time. And where I was at, again, another uh, a blessing in disguise is the people mm -hmm. that I was working with and trying to coach. They weren't really um, they weren't really enthused. They weren't really excited with real estate. They weren't really um, having this strong desire to excel. So I I created a door knocking group 
And in this door knocking group, the very first month, as I went to go take some of these agents, show them versus tell them, very first month, I think I took like seven listings just going out and, and showing them, you know, in a sense, the ropes. So, so I knew I knew I had to get back into production and I started working with uh, now investors. I was looking for how can I get the quickest way to make multiple deals. And I started calling uh, absentee owners, investors, and I started working that arena. Oh, my goodness. So uh, you had turned around and you pivoted. You pivoted. I did. But not before losing everything. I did. I lost everything. I mean, I literally had a $125,000 car that was repoed in front of uh, the office that I owned, which was definitely not fun. Um, you know, and of course, I'm sitting there making an excuse that, you know, my car was going into the shop for some work. And I'm sitting there like, you know, crying inside knowing that uh, I was just about to lose everything. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, what, what, if any, coach, uh, during that time? Uh, what type of mindset work did you do to get yourself out of that depression? Yeah, it was it was almost by default. I mean, I'm I it's it's interesting how life um, you know comes at us. And what I mean by the default is, you know, I was just looking for a paycheck, and that was just being a coach for a local office, and then going in that direction. And um, and then I started talking to agents about the Mike Ferry system. And, um, and sure enough, I went to, uh, an event. And when I went to an event, uh, one of my previous coaches was Matthew Ferry. I had the benefit of having Matthew as my coach. He just happened to be the speaker at that event. And he's like, dude, where have you been? You know, why haven't I seen you around? And I just got right back into coaching. And that answer your question is what really started turning it around when I started, when I got back into coaching you know, surrounding myself with um, great individuals and, you know, bigger thinking uh, individuals. So really proximity as far as what you're saying and, and hanging around people who are positive, who are, you know, not focusing on the wrong thing. What year did you get back into coaching? Um, it really didn't take too long. I left coaching pretty much about 2009 and then I got right back into it at the end of 2010. So it was oh. about a, a little over a year that I took a break. And so before that, you were always with Mike. When did you uh, start joining MFO? Yeah, I was I was pretty fortunate that I met Mike really early on. Um, my broker uh, introduced me to the Mike Ferry system, um, I don't know, probably six months into me becoming a realtor. So, I, yeah, I, I, I and day one, the very first event, Superstar Retreat, Palm Desert, um, gentleman that was on stage had a million dollar watch and I said I want to be like that guy I went to the back uh, you know table and signed up for coaching that day didn't, didn't think about it didn't even think about it that, yeah. that one watch inspired you 1997 98 then right well, it was it was about 2000 2000 is when, when I first started with with Mike yeah wow. so you've been with Mike almost 22 years how important is it to have a coach coach yeah, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, I, I have a, um, you know, I'm an athletic background. I played baseball most of my years. And and um, and for me, a co having a coach was just second nature. So when I was in this business and I had the opportunity to be able to uh, have somebody to coach me, I, I didn't even think twice about it. And I understood the importance of that. Um, so coaching is, it's, it's it's not necessarily for everybody, and what I mean by that is uh, the there there are some agents that just want to go adrift. They just want to go, you know, just ab about their business. But the agents that want to succeed, you have to. It's absolutely mandatory. You have a coach. 
Um, I've always been right between three and four coaches um, that I've had pretty much at any given moment. So one is real estate. What are the other three? They were always real estate related. Um, but oh what I would God. do when in production, I had one that was more specific to like, for example, I had Matthew Ferry as my coach and he worked a lot on, uh, with my skill set. He worked a lot with my mindset. And then I'd have a business coach that was a lot more on the systems side of things. Um, and then I had um, uh, some of the other coaches that we would work on um, other parts of the business, such as putting together the team. So there was always different coaches for specific things. My goodness, and it's all geared towards real estate, guys. Four coaches yeah. uh, Robert had, and and how much did that cost you on a monthly basis? Um, it would be about three to four thousand. Three mm -hmm. to four thousand, guys. That's a lot of money, but he was making over seven figures every right. single year, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's an investment, and and it's it's what is that? What is that in terms of uh, ROI? It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, well. I think it's it's funny because Mike had mentioned uh, it at one time. Um, you know, if if we knew that we could take something that is at twelve thousand dollars and be able to multiply that times ten, the question is not um, whether I should do it. It's more of how many of those I should do. Mm, how many of those? How many coaches should you invest into? Invest really in yourself, right? Right to be mm -hmm. able to expand yourself and create and increase your income. It's an investment. Correct. I, I also get asked this question. What's the difference, coach, between a coach and a mentor? Well, in, in most cases, a mentor is basically going to be just somebody who can kind of guide you and give you a little bit of uh, a little bit of direction uh, based on what the, their personal experiences mm -hmm. um, where a coach, um, you know, we take a lot of pride in the Mike Ferry system where as a coach, we coach off of a very specific system. So right. when I'm coaching somebody, I'm coaching them off of the system versus with what Robert's doing, how I'm doing it. Um, and because that's what people pay for. They pay for the Mike Ferry system. They don't pay for the right. Robert system. Yeah. Right. So a mentor is basically someone who's done what you want to do, but not mm -hmm. really coaching you from a system, just basically sharing his experience. Exactly. Mm -hmm. steps ahead of you. Now a coach is coaching from a specific system. Correct. Right. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. So where, where are you right now, coach? I mean, you know, years and years of selling real estate, crushing it and then becoming a coach. Where are you right now in your career? Yeah, I, actually, it's really interesting at the timing of this, um, you know, this interview is um, I recently just sold my real estate company literally just about 30 days ago. Um, I now um, I'm still full time coach for Mike Ferry. So I do that is my primary source. Uh, I'm also working now uh, with a Century 21 company, helping them uh, grow, um, you know, their bottom line with production as well. Um, the next thing that I'm looking forward to is getting into the, um, the expected window of the next two to four years of this down market and really looking heavy on investments. So my focus is going to be a lot geared towards investing, whether that's fixing, flipping, or for that matter, looking at just simply buying and holding for the purpose of my long-term um, uh, portfolio. Amazing. Well, congratulations on the sale of the business. And now, you know, you're, you're not tied to anything. Now you're, you're free, you know, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Good for you. So how do you create then longevity in the real estate business? Um, if you are just selling real estate, do you think that's, 
that can create longevity or do you need to do something else to change it up like what you did? No, I really think it's going to be each their own. Uh, for me, um, production, um, I got burnt out. You know, I got burnt out with production. Um, you know, I, I remember, um, you know, sitting there and going through the listing presentation one, one day and um, talking to a seller. And I said, at the end of my presentation tonight, one of three things is going to happen. And I just said, you know what, as a matter of fact, I, I, I'm probably not going to be the person for you. And the reason that happened to me is just because, um, you know, dealing with a lot of um, investors, expireds for sale by owners, there's not a lot of gratefulness from certain clients. So working in a certain arena, I kind of got a little bit burnt out. Um, so with with uh, with individuals, if they're looking at building longevity in, in the real estate career, I think the first thing you'll have to determine is where is your business going to come from? And one of the mistakes I did was not going after my database the way that I should eventually ah. became a strength. And part of that was my burnout. So if you identify the sourcing of where your business can come from and you master with whatever that is, um, it's going to allow you the opportunity uh, to succeed. And the other thing, too, is, is that um, we get paid by the um our ability to converse our language of sales our skill set is absolutely vital and it's something that um, any individual regardless of the longevity and what direction you're going you got to invest in your skill set that's a big 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 part i think so too i mean it's always but you know mike says skills you know mindset activities and actions right and that's why we 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 got to keep working on those but at the same time guys to avoid burnout, really spend your time in your fire, which means is what, yeah. what, what you're passionate about. If, you know, calling for sale by owners is your wax, you mm -hmm. absolutely hate it. Don't bang your head against the wall. Do something that you like to do about right. the business, in the business, and do that. So that's great advice. Uh, Robert, Coach, as, as the market is changing and it mm -hmm. keeps changing, yeah. What advice do you have for agents in this market to move forward in the next couple of years? You said next two, three, five years is going to be this market. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest advice is you got to create a schedule. Um, mm -hmm. And in that schedule, you got to follow it to a T. Um, and while you're putting that schedule together, you also got to look going back to, like I mentioned, your skill set. Um, the amount of people that I coach and the amount of people that I've had the benefit of coaching, um, the, the people that are actually taking the time and investing in with what their skill set is while they're focusing on their schedule is going to allow them to continue to excel. Um, another key thing, which is absolutely vital for realtors, is their database. Mm. Uh, it's kind of an interesting division. Um, you know, great agents like yourself and a lot of great agents that I have the benefit of, 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 you know, speaking and engaging with is they understand this high level producers, their database is absolutely vital to their business. And that is the sustainability of going through a softer market or for that matter, even an aggressive market. Um, and then the opposite of that, when agents are not excelling and they're struggling and they're just going, you know, one deal, no deals, one deal, no deals, they fight their database. They don't call their database. They don't go after them the way that they're supposed to. And then they find themselves wondering why they're struggling. I, I always say this. I think agents who are reluctant to call their own database, which mm -hmm. is your gold mine, essentially, 
Yep. I think they're rejecting themselves before even having the opportunity to have their clients reject them. Why yep. don't we call our database coach? It boils down to two reasons, and, and it's really simple. Number one is uh, the most common. We don't know what to say. We don't yeah. know what to tell them. You know, we don't know what to tell them. Well, there's this script, there's that script, there's this other script, but we, we don't apply it. We don't learn the skill on how to, you know, uh, relay the message. We don't uh, understand that skill set. And then number two is our ego, mm. which is probably the biggest thing. And the reason why the ego shows up and some of you might be sitting there saying, well, what do you mean by ego? Yeah, the ego. When we're calling people, we don't want to sound like we're desperate. We don't want to sound like as if though we need the business. But yet some of you are sitting there struggling and you haven't had a deal in like three or four months and you do need the business. Call these people. <laughs> so, yeah. So it basically boils down to ego. And number two is going to be that of uh, not having what to say, which is that skill set. Again, it comes back to skills, guys. you got to work on your skills to pay the bills. How do you coach uh, an agent to let go of their ego? Because ego is one of the biggest problems in real estate. I don't think we talk about it enough. How would you coach someone to let, let it go? Um, it, it's, it's easy because ultimately, you know, that's what I love about going to the Mike Ferry events because mm -hmm. there's always somebody who's bigger, someone who's better, someone who's faster, who makes more money, who's, you know, a lot better looking. Um, you know, I used to be the young buck in the crowd and now I'm the older guy in the crowd. So um, when, when your ego is, is leading, you, you just, you just, you know, you got to look at great people like yourself, you know, so um, you got to be able to, that's where comparing sometimes can be a benefit. Yeah. That, oh, I'm not there. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think, yeah, if you want to get humble, there's always somebody who's doing more than you. Like you said, there's always someone who is stronger than you, taller yeah. than you, better looking. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I just noticed this time when I went uh, in July to, to the retreat there, uh, I saw Dominic Nicoli. Yeah. And he was just going about his thing, you know, with a little backpack and he was just, hey, John, how you doing? And the guy makes millions in real estate, but he has no ego. Yeah. Right. Because he attends those things and he wants to learn. So yeah. I think also, would you agree that, um, you know, being exposed and learning new things is a way of get, getting rid of ego? 100 percent. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing, too, is a little bit it has to do with our background. You know, when we come from really nothing and we start to become something, we actually think that that's it. That's the plateau. Um, so we that's why the exposure of what you're talking about is is vital uh, to keeping that ego in check, because, you know, when you're having, you know, a, a $30 steak, but then you go to, you know, dinner, you know, which we've had the benefit of been sharing, you know, $250 steaks. It's like, oh, shoot, wait a minute. <laughs> that $30 steak is nothing. That's, that's not the same. So we got to expose ourselves to other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to ask you, this just popped into my head. Um, a lot of people we chase, we chase, we chase, we chase gold, we chase money, we chase this and that, all these things, materialistic things. But at the end of the day, how do you think we can be happy? Yeah, it, it's it, it's an interest. That's a very interesting question because that's part of where I'm at with this whole selling of my company, um, you know, and being in a position of like what truly does make me happy, what does make us happy. And one thing that I would like to encourage everybody to do is always looking at their goals. There's an exercise that I like my agents to coaching clients to do is what I call as one year, three year and five year goals. We look at the business goals. We look at the material goals. We look at the personal goals. And sometimes we don't really think 
um, we know with what it is, or sometimes we do think we know with what it is that inspires us. And other times we have a goal, but it's really to impress the Joneses. We really have to do some soul searching. Um, I'll give you the quick little 30 second version of that. I had a coaching client probably about seven or eight years ago, beautiful vision board, right smack in the middle of this vision board was this Lamborghini, you know, $500,000, $400,000 green Lambo. And I asked the guy, Hey, what's the most exciting goal on this, on this uh, vision uh, board? And he goes that Lambo. Well, the problem is, is that he had five kids, lived in an apartment, didn't have a house. And I'm like, dude, your goals are not in proper alignment. That's a impressing the Joneses. We got to get you a garage first and let alone we got to get you a house. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And mm. I guess, uh, you know, true happiness is sometimes is not what you think it is. You got to search for it. You got to go through it. And you have to kind of like, you know, put your goals together um, and really just dig deep and, you know, go test drive that car, you know, yeah. go visit the city that you might think you want to live in, go, you know, view the property. And if it really hits home, then maybe that is what you go after versus the impressing the Joneses. I mean, again, it doesn't always have to do with, with money. It, it, it could just be, you know, a certain destination. It can just be, you know, something spiritual. It can, it could be you know, losing weight. It could be, you know, running a marathon. It, it, there's various things that we have to earn it that we can't buy. Absolutely. Some of the things that you, you need to write all these things down, uh, things you want to do, things you want to have in places you want to go and dig right. deep on what you really want and mm-hmm. what's going to make you happy. Right. Because uh, at the end of the day, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure, which Tony Robbins always says. Exactly. You know, it comes back to this point, which I, I want to talk about. The last thing is balance. Is balance possible in real estate? Um, I think there's the chase of balance, but the idea of balance is really never going to be there. I um, love that. The chase yeah. of balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, for example, I mean, just look, we got business, we got finances, we have, you know, our, our house, you know, whether it's basically, um, you know, uh, our loved ones. Um, there's always something out of balance. You know, we're focusing, yeah. we're, we're killing it in the business, but and then back at home, everything is kind of falling apart. Yeah. You know, the spouse is like depressed, you're never home, blah, blah, blah. Um, and your finances are great. Your health is suffering because you're not eating properly. You're not doing things. So it's this constant imbalance. Um, but the chase of it, we have to be able to acknowledge that. Oh, shoot. You know, at home, mm, I'm not being the best spouse. I got to be able to address this. You know what? My health, I've been going through that McDonald's drive through line one too many times already. <laughs> so we got to start looking at those things. And it's the constant chase of trying to align those as much as possible. But we're always going to be out of imbalance or out of balance. I love that coach. And, and I think you're, what you're talking about right now, the chase is the journey, guys. You have to enjoy the journey along the way or else the destination doesn't matter. Last piece of wisdom for the audience, coach. Uh, um, I, I'm going to say skills. I think that's the one thing that is probably the hardest thing for a coach is to uh, have uh, individuals understand the importance of skills. We get, again, paid for the language of of, uh, sales. And if you don't have the proper skill set, it makes it hard for you to move your business forward at the pace that you want it to. Having a role play a day, cool. But are you really investing two, three, four, five additional hours to master your craft? That's what I'd leave it at. Be intentional with your skills because that pays the bills 
Robert, Coach, it's honored to call you Coach. It's honored to be in business with you. And thank you for everything that you've done for me and for the industry and for today. Thank you. Thank thank you. All right, John. See ya. All right.